I'm Emma Louise Coffey and you're welcome to The Dairy Edge, the Chagas Dairy Podcast. We're bringing you the latest information, insights and opinion to improve dairy farm performance. On this week's episode, Chagas specialist Patrick Going identifies the cost of expanding your farm business and he started by giving an idea of the profile and reasons for expansion. Roughly speaking, about 52 or 3% of the time it's new entrants that we're doing business plans for and the remainders are the expanding dairy farmers. And, you know, looking at these guys and, and girls that you're working with, you know, what is the justification farmers have for expansion? From a new entrant point of view, uh, they're looking at uh, their current business, uh, potentially not making as much money for their effort they're putting in and uh, exploring the option of getting into dairy and to get a higher return for uh, off their farm. The existing dairy farmers mostly are successful biz- uh, businessmen already or business people, and they want to expand their business and create, take advantage of new opportunities as they arise. And and actually, with, with that in mind, looking at new opportunities, like, you know, in terms of expansion, there are some people who maybe would have had a lower stocking rate and, and they've intensified their farm business. And then you have other people who are looking at maybe a second unit or there's extra land coming on the milking platform. So, you know, say that the next door neighbour has 60 acres coming on stream. Um, you know, a lot of farmers consider this a no-brainer and I'll take that 60 acres and I'll expand my herd by 50 or 60 cows by knocking the, I suppose, the hedge. Is it as simple as that, Patrick, or what should we consider in that scenario? I think all expansion should be considered and carefully planned out. Uh, as we grow our businesses and as we take into other uh, expand it or take on additional land, there's always a level of risk and we have to manage that risk. So I suppose the key thing for any farm is that if you're not efficient or profitable with the original or the base herd, you have to look at within your own self before uh, and fix that before you look to expand. And I think sometimes there is a, while there may be an opportunity, it's not always for you. Um, and there could be as much money made by solving or uh, improving on what you have already and when you have that right then look to expand but i think if any farm has an opportunity or land beside comes up it is worth sitting down and doing the figures and looking to see is it for you or not for you and like a quick rule of thumb on, on some figures patrick like as you mentioned you're doing a lot of business plans and you have done a significant number over the last few years you know looking to that you know what sort of figures would you put on? I suppose, firstly, if we'd look at stock, if you're buying um, a heifer that's ready to calve down or a cow, what sort of a figure would you put put on that? So uh, in calf heifer, probably been purchased uh, September, October, the year before she calves. We'd normally budget in around anywhere between 13 and 1500, depending on the year. So last year, some people got value due to the uh, lack of fodder. Um, they're Currently, they're anywhere between thirteen and fourteen hundred euro. It's probably one area that we would emphasise to invest wisely, um, particularly from a new entrant point of view. That while you may be able to get cheaper stock, uh, maybe a hundred or two hundred euro cheaper, you have a huge opportunity in the initial startup to go off and source the best genetics, and that'll stand to you for the rest of your time on the farm. And what we would see is new entrants outperform existing dairy farmers, uh, the average of existing dairy farmers within two years of startup. And predominantly, what, while some of its management is also the genetics they bring into their farms. And then looking at the cow, are there many people, I suppose, starting off or, you know, you know, 
expanding and mightn't necessarily have the, the young stock coming along. Are they seeking out cows or is it primarily heifers? Primarily heifers. Uh, one is to maximise the gain. So the younger the animal, hopefully the better the genetics if you source them right. Uh, when, when sourcing cows, well, there, there is always an opportunity and sometimes you can maybe as someone shutting down their business or closing down that you may get an opportunity. But generally speaking, people are after younger cows, second or third calvers. And if a farmer is selling them cows, there's usually some sort of issue behind them, uh, generally speaking, because a cow will only hit her full potential in year three. She's at 70% production in year one and 85% in year two. So it's very new, it's very hard to get them type of young cows. And in an expanding farm, uh, when you are pushing on and your business plan is based about hitting a certain amount of output and a certain number of cows, if we lose a lot of stock, so if you bought bought in lame cows or high cell count cows or cows or fertility issues, while they may become cheap, uh, they won't last within the system. And that can put a lot of pressure because you have a higher replacement rate on the business. Yeah, I think that's a really good point you make, um, Patrick. You know, a, a cow in a in a herd that's that's closing down is a viable option, but you don't necessarily want to buy problem cows. And you know, in a in a existing and thriving dairy business, you know you're not getting rid of your best cows. So the heifers probably would be the better option there. Yes, and I I know a lot of people say uh, like the if you go to the better herds and the higher bred herds and look for the figures, the quality of the heifers are there uh, are far superior than ones that are bred off stock bulls and you will get paid back within the first year as i say a lot of new entrants are they're hitting serious targets within the first year uh based on the the stock that they have so while a lot of people would think that you get a lot more production from your cows um if you if they, she turns out to be a trouble cow or a slow milker or a bit of lameness a good heifer could potentially yield as well in the first year and key to the thing is she probably will be still there in five years time where the trouble cow will be gone. And and looking forward then to other costs of expansion, is there any rule of thumb in terms of a figure you'd have for milking facilities, grazing infrastructure, farm layout? Is is there any figures that you have offhand, Patrick? Yeah, as I suppose, look, every farm is different, Emma Louise, and as part of what we do or through Chagas is you have to... In, investigate every farm so some farms will have more facilities or be easier to convert while other people have less but the rule of thumb I suppose the one area we would always focus on first and it's the area that's often forgot about is the grazing platform uh, making sure that you have the the farm and the, the, the access to grass and the quality of grass up to standard and taking a sort of a moderate farm that would poor that needs all to be receded in index two needs a bit of lime uh, needs roadways and water that roughly speaking could cost 2,000 a hectare or in around 800 euro a cow to put in place. So that would include the water system, roadways, fencing, receding and uh, soil fertility. So depending on your farm, then obviously if you have the, some sort of a grazing infrastructure in place, it be less. Or if it's a tillage type conversion, it'll be up on that price type of money. As we move into the housing, uh, generally, again, there's a massive range and it'll depend on what the the farm is set up and the current sheds that they have, which we average in around 1100 euro for a cubicle shed, excluding the Surrey storage, uh, that's per cubicle space, um, in around 530 to 550 euro per cow on slurry storage, that'll be slatted slurry accommodation. 
The silage pit will be about 250 euro cow. And if you add in other things, including calf housing and calving, you could spend up into 2000 euro cow. Now for the majority of farmers, they have some of this, these things in place, like the silage pit might be already there. They'd have sheds that could be easily converted. Um, they'd have some sort of sucker housing maybe, or fattening housing, that, uh, sl some sort of slurry accommodation that we'll be able to utilize in the plan that will significantly reduce that cost. But if you have to put it all in there, it'll come into somewhere around 2000 a cow. On the milking parlor, um, again, there'll be a massive range within the milking parlor, um, but you'll be talking about 1400 euro cow um, for a new build, um, using having seven rows uh, milking. So you could then, the, the, within that range, you could be also, you'd be talking about some people may go secondhand, some people have a higher grant, some people convert into existing sheds. But if you put the whole lot together, um, you wouldn't be over, you could be over four to 5,000 a cow, including the cow value. Most people will use their own stock to, to buy their stock. But if you have, if basically if you have just land uh, that needs a lot of conversion, it could cost up to 5,000 a cow to convert that farm, including the cow. And just to pick up on one or two things, um, you mentioned cubicles. You're looking at €1,100 Euro, um, for a cubicle space per cow and an additional 530 to 550 for slurry storage. There's a lot of people going with the topless cubicle option at the moment, Patrick. Is that simply a cost saving measure? Yeah, so the topless cubicles, uh, it'll depend on the area you're in and the rainfall. So when you go topless, you obviously catch more rainfall um, when you're saving on the roof. So if you're going topless, you would tend to go for a lower cost slurry option. So you would go for a lagoon or uh, an overground tower. So a slatted uh, tank in the ground will coffee, cost roughly anywhere between 90 to 100 euro a cubic meter of slurry storage. And if you're generating more slurry through catching the rainfall, you would have to move into a lower cost of slurry um, storage. So uh, an overground tower would be, depend on the size of it, be anywhere between 35 to 45 a cubic meter. And, and a, a lagoon would be, again, 15 to 35, depend on the scale. So when we're looking at the topless cubicles and there's a rough breakdown, I would normally say a third, a third, a third. So uh, the slurry storage in a cubicle house is a third. The, how, the the cubicles themselves are a third and the roof is a third. So if you're taking about 15 or 1600 euros to do a cubicle house, uh, they'll each cost about 500 each. So when you're going topless, we will save the, the 500 on the roof per cow. Uh, but we'd have to go, it, instead of, if we make it back up with slatted accommodation, it will bring you back close to the full housing. So you'd have to move back into a lower cost slurry option. And so so can you sum that up just in terms of what you'd estimate the topless cubicle to cost, say, if you were to put I would, it? I would normally work in around eight to 900 euro a cow. And is this a long term option for farmers or, you know, you see that they say a lot of farms with the topless cubicles will have pillar structure in place that they can roof it eventually. You know, is is the topless cubicle a long term option or do people plan to roof it in the long term? Uh, the majority of farmers set it up so they'd put in the stanchion bases and the, the, the girders that would be plated. So it'd be very easy to bolt on the roof thereafter. Um, so the, uh, it'll depend over time and how finances uh, look, but uh, the, most would consider um, roofing it at a later point uh, to save on that rainwater that has to be spread um, annually and the cost of it. It would also increase their slurry capacity. So the, the amount of rainfall they will catch would increase if the roof that would increase their capacity by the same extent. 
And another question in terms of, of your estimations of cost, um, the milking parlour, you're looking at on average €1,400 Euro per cow for a seven row milking par- or milking system. Like, are, are some farmers rowing back on that cost by saying I'm going to milk 10 rows? Yeah, so the, the par- there's a lot of variability within the parlour, so there could be second hand and there's people that, have been get, that can avail of the higher grants and so forth on. As a so what the way we I worked the figures was including the bulk tank and the feeding system. So you got the total cost, and if you're on average um, doing seven rows, that's how you got the cost per cow. But if you want to look at the parlor on an individual basis, um, usually the milking parlor uh, will cost somewhere between eight and ten thousand a unit for including the shed and the, the holding yard at the back. All these figures I mentioned now are excluding VAT. Um, and I would put that down as half and half. So say if, if you're at 8,000, four grand would be for the building work and four grand would be for the uh, unit cost itself. I will say on the milk and parlor, there's massive variability in the range and the, the, the spec of the parlor you'll put in. So if you go in for a very, very high spec uh, parlor, uh, you could spend six, seven to 8,000 on a unit just on the plant itself. Uh, bulk tank will cost anywhere between 220 to 250 a litre new. Or some people are buying it secondhand, where it would cost one euro to one euro fifty a liter um, on it. So a lot of it will depend on the the, the finish and the, the cost of it and how many cows you're going to put through it. But it'll some people what you'd find with the new entrance or some people with the grants that are there at the present, they're probably going for slightly larger parlors. Uh, to allow for further expansion down the line and using the grant to give themselves additional units. And when you when you refer to seven rows, like, you know, we often hear from the experts in terms of labour um, efficiency and labour management that seven rows is the optimal number. Like, do you kind of agree with that or do you see it differently? When I'm doing my figures, it's I, I would always work at 10 to 11 minutes a row. So if you're in seven, you know, if you're in 10, you'd be an hour and a half in the pit. Uh, twice a day, every three hours, and that's only in the pitch. You'll also have the time getting in cows in and out. I would say seven long term um, is practical, um, but some people in an expansion phase for a number of years will run the number of rows up, to maybe ten or twelve. So, as you say, maybe if the sixty acres came up opposite the ditch and they have to invest in that, that they may for a number of years um, increase the number of unit uh, rows they're they're willing to do. Or some people will in hire extra labour, so bring extra labour, so they're alternating milkings. So it's very individual, depending on the farm that you're on. And if we look towards the costs, like you, you've you've detailed a lot of costs that are incurred um, with, I suppose, a, a, whether it's a new entrant, a, a complete new build, or whether you're expanding your dairy business. Uh, in terms of what it's costing now versus what it cost in five years, is there... Are we seeing a lot of inflation and, an, and, a, and a, a bigger cost to people compared with, say, five or eight years ago? Yes, so the the cost of the concrete, uh, the building work, um, within line with the improvement in the economy uh, to get builders and the specification at the, the cost of steel and concrete has in, uh, creeped up over time. The parlours themselves probably have been relatively static over the last number of years. So if you look at the costings from Five years ago, they're fairly much in line with where they were um, and receding and all that. So I would say of it, the, probably the, the building costs have crept the most and the rest have been relatively 
similar to when we when we started doing the business plans post quarter. And and then back to the open day, Patrick. I I, I was looking at your board at the Moor Park Open Day in twenty nineteen, and you had um you had some points in about contingency. Do many farmers put um say a contingency fund into their I suppose their plans in case of an overrun in their development? No, and I suppose it's one area from. In any farm or any business looking to expand, it's the capital budget. So um, expansion is hard on cash flow. So it takes a lot of money to build a business. And that we don't even have to talk about dairy. And if you go to any walk of life to grow that business is hard on cash flow because you're investing back in your farm. You may not be getting the output that you hope to get or uh, and performance may be affected. So within that, if we have a, an inadequate capital budget, so if we don't allow for contingency or we forget about some elements of it say usually it's the grazing infrastructure so we don't cost that properly we can have a an area that where the money is required and it's coming out cash flow which can put the business on a, a uh, under a lot of pressure especially in them expansion years so on a small sort of uh, project um say if you're only doing a small shed there's no major need for a large contingency when some of the work what some farmers are doing now, um, there is a need for a contingency, and I would say the la- and we would tend to work between 10 and 15 percent of the budget to allow for overruns, uh, to allow for uh, unforeseen. So it could be simple things when you're digging the tank, hitting rock, hitting water, whatever. Um, and they ha- as this, as the project gets bigger, there's more areas where things can go a little bit off, um, and it's the, so we would tend to work between 10 to 15 percent on the contingency of the capital budget. And and you you've alluded to it just now, but you also spoke when we were talking about the the stock type that you'd invest in. You know, looking at the heifer, you know, you're estimating that a heifer will produce seventy percent of a of a cow, the the mature cow, and your second lactation maybe eighty five percent. Is this included in the business plan? Like, you know, how how is this explained in the business plan? So when we're looking at the business plan, um, obviously there's two types of farmers. So an existing dairy farmer, we can look back at their previous records to see what level of performance that the herd had over the last two or three years. And within reason, we can safely, we can budget forward using their previous history. From a new entrant point of view, um, because they're changing system, their previous performance, while it, it may indicate how good of a farmer they are, it's not rele- relevant, I should say. So what we would normally do then is start uh, with all heifers and we would usually work between 330 and 350 kilos of milk solids in the first year and uh, incrementally lift it up to year five and six in the business plan. So it'd be from 330 to 350 kilos going up to 400 to 430 kilos of milk solids. So we'd bring it from average to average. So we never um, expect the or plan for the farmers to be the, the best in class. Um, we allow for it to be an average performance and if they outperform it, so be it and there's a, there's extra cash in the business. Most new entrants will, so a lot of new entrants would tend to would hit probably 370, 380 kilos of milk solids in the first year and some would hit over 400 in year two. But we'd still budget on the safer side uh, just to allow for um, unforeseen and not to be putting the business under pressure initially. And then talk about milk price. You know, say somebody's looking at, you know, estimating what the business will do there and they're not necessarily, they haven't necessarily brought their business plan to you just yet. What sort of milk price should they be looking at? We would work off at a base price um, at 3.3 protein, 3.6 fat, fat at 28 centilitre. 
and we do make a milk solids adjustment um, based on the fats and protein in the herd. So we use five euro fifty a kilo protein and two euro fifty a kilo fat. So it's relatively conservative. Uh, be slightly below the average of the last ten or eleven years um, of milk price, uh, and we'll run that consistently through the business. Um, so for each year, we'll use the same price. So we don't vary the base price. Uh, the only thing that will change is potentially the fats and protein of the herd, which may increase the milk price over time. And finally, Pat, just to, for anyone considering growth within their business or indeed any of our listeners that are, um, you know, engaging in other farming enterprises at the moment, you know, can you sum up with your top three tips for, you know, how they can ensure their farm business will work for them, you know, going forward? So when we're looking at um, expansion and or change in your business, I'd say the first thing is a business plan um, to sit down. Uh, go through it with your advisor or whoever your accountant and just to make sure that you're this is a at the end of the day why are we expanding it's usually to make more money just for whatever it be for let for to put kids to college or for further future growth down the line and you'd have to look at when you get to the expanded herd so again back to your original example of the 60 acres outside the ditch and if you take that on when you the business stops growing have we more money? Are we just working? Um, are we create? Are we worse off? So I suppose it's make it's to assess each opportunity and make sure at the end when the 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 thing is expanded that there is more money in it. Secondly, I come back to the capital budget. Um, I think a proper capital budget, well thought out, everything considered, is very important. So when in a lot of the plans we'd see where we were asked to look at them, if the cap capital budget is poor or underfunded. Um, it means the business plan is there, therefore wrong straight away because you're not borrowing for enough money or you haven't taken all levels of uh, uh, of capital expenditure through the cash flow or through the business plan. And the key area I would say to Annie, and it's probably, I know, when, particularly for a new entrant point of view, uh, when they look to convert, there's a lot of excitement and nervousness around getting their farm right and doing the right thing and looking at the yard and where the parlor should go and all them type things. The key thing is the sourcing the right type of stock. And I think at this day, there's so many good herds out there with figures, uh, high EBIs, co-op performance reports, is to use the figures and the information is there to source the top of the range stock. And that will stand you for the next 10, 15 years over your career in uh, Darien. And I suppose, you know, on a final note, you know, you, you've highlighted a lot of people that can help us in, you know, in, in making these plans, you know, the advisor, the accountant, and I suppose yourself, Patrick, within the Dairy Expansion Service, you know, you're available and, and willing to help people, you know, to look at these opportunities and I suppose identify whether they're right or wrong for farmers. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Emily. That's it for this week's episode of the Dairy Edge podcast. And my thanks to Patrick Going for joining me on this week's show. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. You can listen on Apple and Google Podcasts as well as Spotify. And for more information, go to the Chagas website at chagas.ie. I'm Emma-Louise Coffey and join me next time for your Dairy Edge. <laughs>